Most people have heard of phytoestrogens, but did you know there are beneficial phytoandrogens that mimic and support testosterone and more? The top source of these is pine pollen. If you're looking for 100% natural hormonal support for men and women, you've got to try this. Right now, Lost Empire Herbs' best-selling pine pollen is available for one penny plus shipping and handling. Go to GeniusPollen.com to find out more and grab yourself a bag today. No hidden charges, no trial offer, no shenanigans. Just a low-cost way to try Lost Empire Herbs' top product for next to nothing. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have uh, Christy Darlington. Uh, her website is greenlivingoffgrid.com. So we're going to talk to her about her work being off-grid, but primarily uh, she knows quite a bit about hydroponics. So I wanted to ask her about that. So Christy, thank you for coming. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, tell me a bit about your journey. What first gave you the idea that you wanted to live off-grid? Well, you know, I've always had kind of an interest in being self-sufficient and providing for myself in case of, you know, emergencies and things like that. So I got into this. Originally, it was just gardening. I was out, you know, at, uh, you know, I've gone through a divorce, so I don't have the property anymore, but we had uh, five acres on the county line of, you know, Colorado, Colorado Springs area. And so we were at 7,500 feet. And so we wow. had a lot of, um, yeah, I try to do a lot of gardens out there with five acres. You've got lots of room to try different things. We had a well, pretty, pretty fun. I mean, we could have farm animals and different things like that too. And so I was like, well, let's just see what we can do to innovate, to, you know, provide for ourselves at that time. You know, we were going through, well, I got married soon. And soon after I got married, there was that 2008 economic crash and a lot of folks were out of work. We we were okay with our job, but there were other factors that I just thought, you know, this, let's just be a little bit more creative and, and see what we can do because we got the land. Let's, you know, be resourceful. So I started with the gardens. I tried to grow some tomatoes outdoors and, you know, kind of your standard plants out there, beans and and a few things, potatoes and all. I've discovered that with 7,500 feet, you got harsh conditions here in Colorado. We would get uh, snow as early as like sometimes even really the end of August, but usually like middle of September, you can count on some snow, frost or something coming. And then uh, we would get snowstorms as late as like the end of May. In fact, I've just a couple of years ago, we had like 21 inches of snowfall on May 20, 20th, I think it was. And then just this year, we had another big, huge storm come in and it was wrecking my garden because I would try to start my plants outdoors and get something growing and, and it would be wrecked by the snow. And so then we got a greenhouse and we put that up and um, with the greenhouse, I discovered again, Colorado with us being so high in altitude, we had intense sun. 
And that sun would dry my garden beds out. I had an incredibly difficult time keeping water levels the right ratio when it comes to tomato plants and and things I was trying to grow in my greenhouse. And then I learned about hydroponics and aquaponics. With aquaponics, that is a form of growing plants with water and nutrients from the fish. So essentially what aquaponics does is your fish provide the nutrients for your plants and you run that fish water through the garden beds and the garden beds would take up the nitrates from the fish water and return the the water to the fish tank. So in a perfectly balanced system, you wouldn't have to add additional nutrients conceivably if you have a good enough fish load and it's balanced between that and your plants. Now I had some issues. I I tried the the aquaponics the first year. I I had some fish loss because I didn't know how to regulate that balance. And so there, and it's a small system because my greenhouse was 10 feet by eight feet. So it's a small system, nothing like, you know, you watch those videos that people do it professionally. They've got these massively huge greenhouses and I, I did it on a budget. So I had a small little greenhouse and a little goldfish. I didn't run tilapia and, and there were other conditions. So you, you did the aquaponics with, with goldfish? Yes, with goldfish. And they're one of the wow. better fish for a small system because they are more stable. They can handle fluctuations in the the balance, the pH balance. And uh, we had well water coming in at about 8.0 pH, which is a little bit high. You like to have it down around seven and we it would come in at eight. And I, I first I tried to adjust some of the pH, but it's a very difficult thing to adjust because depending on how your plants are taking out the water and the nitrates, it could throw a lot of balance off. And so pH adjustment was just not doable for me. But doing it with goldfish, these guys did really well with the well water. And that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Innovation. What happens in in the hydroponics? I was just thinking, or sorry, aquaponics. So as the plants go through, like from vegetative to let's say fruiting stage, or, you know, I would think they would draw different nutrients out of the water. So wouldn't the fish get water that changes over time as the plants eat different things out of it? Um, that could be, but see, that's part of the issue. The other issue you have is, you know, as you, your system grows and mature and your fish grow, you get a lot more waste and that waste affects the quality of the water. So I, I discovered in my small system, I had to do frequent water changes and I would run that water out to my garden beds, which just helped my garden beds grow well. In fact, between the horses and the horse manure I would do with my organic gardening outside and my fish water, I pretty much didn't have to add any amenities to the soil on that side of it. But with the fish tanks, yeah, I had to be cleaning, you know, pretty regularly. Every couple of months, all the filters had to be taken out and cleaned. I ran this with sponge filters. So I wasn't using charcoal filtration, all the fancy stuff that people use. Typically with aquaponics, they, they, it relies on the hydrogen, which are hydrogen beds. They have clay pellets and clay is, is considered the most uh, pH um, neutral substrate that you can use for your garden beds. If you put just regular rock in, the rock has its own minerals that it adds to the water that can kill and poison mm. your fish. And a lot of people that if they they're novice and they're starting aquaponics and they just get the cheapest stuff they get at the rock supply store, that is not the way to go. 
especially if you don't know what that rock's going to do, it's, it's really recommended to go with the clay pellets. So that's what I used. But I also discovered over time, again, that water's running out of the fish tank and you're also dealing with, you know, your, your pumps can't um, pick up everything from the base of your fish tanks, you know, so you get the poop that it collects up and breaks down. And so you just have to do a lot of cleaning. That's what I discovered. Again, then my system was small. Um, if someone's going to run a bigger system, I do not know how they clean everything out. I would typically start my aquaponics because again, I, I tried heating through the winter. We get down to negative 10 degrees in the wintertime and we, my greenhouse had an R rating of three. So you can imagine my cost and trying to run my plants in the winter and keep that temperature up. Run, electrical heaters, forget that. That wasn't working. I ran some gas heat heaters, those little propane heaters. They worked pretty good up through right about November. I had to close it down. And also it got to the point where I couldn't produce enough to justify my costs in the heating with the propane. So I typically would only maybe run it another month after. About August, I would start to pack some things up clean out the trays. And then in September, that's when I would, you know, try to finish up the rest of the, the growing in the greenhouse. And over winter, just a lot of water changes, clean out those sponge filters. And I use the sponge filters in the tank to kind of provide a second form of biofiltration and where I didn't have to solely rely on my hydrogen play pellet beds, you know, for the garden. So that's how I handled the, the difficult, uh, harsh conditions of growing here in Colorado, where I could winterize and still keep my, my fish alive through the winter. So, yeah, that's kind of what I learned. The other thing I learned too, oh, okay. um, yep. with my, my hydroponic setup, I discovered, again, I only had like four or five goldfish per 85 gallon tank and they did great handling all of the green plants, um, like my lettuce, I did some herbs and different things. If it was a bigger plant that required fruit, I ended up adding additional hydroponic supplements just to, to get that extra boost for the fruits, fruiting plants. And uh, so I ended up breaking my upper shelf hydroponic system Separate from the fish tank, I use the fish water as a base and I would change that water out every couple of weeks or the plants as they got larger would use up that water. And then I would just add new fish water every week and then I would add nutrients every what, about once a month. It cut my nutrient costs significantly, but it also gave those tomato plants what they needed, the additional support because my system was too small to, to handle the fruiting and to get the you know, flow what was needed if I was to try to run those. Most supplements are taken on faith and can take weeks or months to have an effect. Even supplements backed by scientific studies may or may not deliver those same benefits to you. But what if you could feel the results of what you took within just a few days? Lost Empire Herbs offers the highest quality, wild-harvested, non-irradiated pine pollen, and that can dramatically impact your hormones fast. Right now, you can grab it for one cent plus shipping and handling at geniuspollen.com. With my well, going back to uh, going back to hydroponics, um, why why not do just a greenhouse and grow them on soil inside a greenhouse? What made you go to hydroponics? What kind of system do you have? So I started with the soil option. And the biggest issue I had was the, the dryness here in Colorado. I 
really could not keep my lettuce beds um, hydrated well enough with those small trays that I had on my shelf. They would dry out even if I was watering every day. I spent 20 minutes a day watering. It was incredibly labor intensive. Whereas when I went to the aquaponics and I ran that water through for the lettuce and the bean trays and everything, I ran that through on a timer and it took care of itself. In fact, my beans and my lettuce never had to be nutrient. I never had to add nutrients to it. I would set the timer up and aside from cleaning my fish tanks every couple of weeks, I would, you know, change the water out. Aside from that and maybe adding some, you know, supplements to the fish tank to help keep it balanced. I didn't have to do hardly anything with that part of the greenhouse. It just, everything would grow and I'd get great lettuce heads, great beans, great production. And I could go on a camping trip for a week and be gone and no problem. You know, as long as the fish had some food, somebody feeding them or my feeders were going, they were fine while I was gone. So it it definitely freed up my time. And that was the biggest, that was probably one of the biggest factors. The other factor was, again, dealing with those, those, uh, there were two issues. I had to add supplements to the soil beds so that things would grow. You couldn't just continue to grow on the same soil every year. I had another problem with gnats. If you run a lot of water inside soil beds in a greenhouse, you're, unless you're buying high quality soil, which is incredibly expensive and you change out your soil every year, you're going to have gnat problems. I used to put diatomaceous earth to try to keep the gnats down because in a greenhouse, they're protected from predators. So you don't have the natural things you have outside, natural amenities. Well, you know, you've got your ladybugs outside. You've got your birds and, and all of those those prey that keep down the aphids and keep down the worms and all the other stuff that you get in your garden beds. So I discovered with aquaponics, it was much cleaner. I didn't have nearly the trouble with the pests. And if I did get an infestation with some worms and stuff, my fish like to eat worms. So I just go out there and inspect the plants and throw those worms. Those cut worms would like to come in there. I would throw them into the tank and my fish would take care of them. So it was um, a much cleaner system. And I and I just love the time freedom of having things automatically, you know, handling the plants for the most part. Before we get started, I have a quick favor. I've been self-funding the Finding Genius podcast for five years now. I've done over 3,000 episodes. And as you can see on YouTube, we're up over a million views on the channel, which is fantastic. The next thing I really want to push on is to get up to 10,000 subscribers. Because once we do, we'll be able to put a donate button and uh, we'll be able to solicit donations uh, to help keep the podcast running and to also get the Finding Genius Foundation moving along. We have a big project studying anxiety, depression, and PTSD, and working on a product to help people overcome these problems uh, because I've seen them explode recently after the, uh, you know, the last two years of the whole virus situation. So if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. That would help us tremendously. Give us a thumbs up. And check in the description for Buy Me a Coffee. It's about five bucks. If you could buy me a coffee, I'd really appreciate it. It would help keep the channel going, and I love coffee. Thank you. Okay, so again, aquaponics, sorry, hydroponics. What have you seen the trade-offs are between that and growing in soil? And your hydroponic system, is it flood and drain, or how do you get the water to the uh, the, the plants and, you know, and move it around? Okay, so I have a couple systems. So I, the greenhouse system was pretty much your flood and drain. I kind of did a lot of cracky where with lettuce, it doesn't need a huge amount of water flow and air to keep them aerated. And you could, as long as you have a, 
a bit of space between the water and the base of your net cups. So about a quarter inch or so, your plants do pretty good with like lettuce did really good. My beans did great. Some of the herbs don't do well with that kind of system. I had to have more of an aeroponic system and I built something like that for my herbs. But in my greenhouse, it was is pretty much that they would, you know, the water would come in and then it would drain out and and I was able to maintain my plants that way. But indoors in my house, I actually have strictly cracky hydroponics in my house. I don't even have to run aerators. It's all lettuce. And I grow that all year round in kind of a shelving unit. And so that I add nutrients. It's very simple. And what's the trade-off? Again, I don't have gnats. I don't have to buy high quality soil. I don't have to add additional, you know, going to the store and pay for all those extra amenities that you add to soil. It is as simple as filling my tray about halfway. I add my nutrients when I start it. Um, Maxi grows really great for lettuce. And then as the plant drinks down the water and the nutrients, there it provides its own air gap that is needed for the roots. And so in two months of growing, I've got these huge heads and I can just cycle, you know, through those trays. It's easy to clean out. I don't have to deal with soil. I just rinse everything out and start it all again. So it, it's a piece of cake. I, I love uh, hydroponics, especially indoors. If you don't want to mess with fish, you just have an apartment. You can even set this up in a closet. And I've got all kinds of systems I've built you know, my Green Living Off-Grid website, I show you different things that I've done. There's floating raft system you can do. You can put something in, in a bin, put some clamp lights on the side, and even use a peanut butter jar as your, you know, jar for holding the roots of your tomato plants and start, you know, plants in that. So I've really enjoyed that. I've cloned roots for like tomatoes, just do tomato starts. Um, I've cloned those inside. And cloning is, you can use an aerator aerated water and you cut this those stems off the the mature plant and stick that into your hydroponics and and uh, start your plants that way i did a lot of that setup as well with my beans so to get a jump on my greenhouse garden i would start all of that indoors and then put them outside when i was ready to grow for the summer and again my plants like the difference between hydroponics and aquaponics and the, the way your plants grow, there's so much more growth to them. They get bigger, larger. And of course, my fruit, it's great off of the plants. That You, you just can't control those nutrients in that ratio as well with soil. Well, okay. And soil, though, I mean, the soil itself you know, has the microbiome there, the roots of the plant. Um, I would think it would be a lot more self-sustaining than, uh, than liquid, you know, than water with nutrients in it. But- you said well, you found hydroponics to be more robust? Actually, you, you make a, a really good point. There are certain plants that do awesome in hydroponics. But when it comes to larger plants, exactly what you're saying there, there are there are certain plants that I grow outdoors in my garden that I will not attempt in hydroponics. I did, in fact, try some. And they just don't do as well when they don't have... The soil provides a level of stability in your pH that is harder to maintain in hydroponics. So I discovered like for squash example, if you try to grow squash in hydroponics, those roots, the plants can get nice and large, but when you they go to the fruiting stage, you can have root rot, you can have difficulty with 
you could tell the pH imbalance. So I've had issues with some of those plants when I tried them in hydroponics and you'll, you'll get the brown spots, which show imbalance in the hydroponic nutrients. And then how do you change that water out when it is such a large plant? You can't just pick it up and change it out easily. Pick it up out of the container. You've got the roots and all of that built into either, you know, some people grow in perlite or they grow it all in, in clay pellets. That's a mess to clean out, by the way. You've got a big plant with lots of roots and that. Oh my gosh, that's a mess. And in, in my system, I only grow strictly the smaller plants and except in my greenhouse because I, I had difficulty outside in my gardens because of the harsh weather. I did grow tomatoes out in my greenhouse with the hydroponics and that worked pretty well. But trying to do squash, I wouldn't even attempt it. It's just too difficult. Now, there may be some people that have successfully worked maybe a, a, a flood and drain system, larger beds. I've seen it done um, with aquaponics that are huge systems. But with my small system, I couldn't, I, I wasn't able to create that kind of water flow and that nutrient flow and have large enough fish load to, to provide all of that. So I can't really say for comparison's sake, that I can comment on what a large-scale aquaponics or hydroponics system would do with large plants. I will tell you that my experience with tomatoes, uh, my first year, I tried strictly hydroponics. I didn't have fish, and I went through a lot of money on hydroponic uh, nutrients that I did not get back from my crop. So uh, my experience has been, if I didn't have the fish water, I couldn't make it fi financially feasible to maintain the large plants really? on hydroponics. Did you did you recirculate the water in hydroponics or did you just have it as a flow through system or? So it, it originally, yeah, I tried that, but again, the roots got so large in my tomato plants that trying to get it to flow out and get new water in was really tough. Now, again, I was using deep water culture. So that's where your roots go down into the water. You have your aerators and I struggled with not being able to get it to flow out through my garden hose and all that, it, it would drain so slow and it was very difficult to to get anything automatic that way. So I did a lot of manual, you know, and when I did dump the water out of there, I would let it drain as naturally as I could. And then I would add in my fish water, but I couldn't get it. You know, people with larger systems can probably manage this a lot better, <laughs> but I personally had trouble because the risk would get so large. And then it would. Well, have you ever really tried a, a flood and drain system? You know, you have plants sit in pots inside a reservoir, and then yeah. there's a reservoir down below, and it floods it for like two minutes every two hours and drains it out. Right. That might be a, a more workable system. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would that that would require an entire lot larger bed hydrogen. And I was using net, net pots with small little bit of hydrogen. I tried some smaller pots. With the hydrogen, but what I discovered, if you try, if you don't clean that hydrogen out, it would get, you know, rotting and then it would cause toxins to build up in the fish tank. So I, every year would clean everything out. I would rinse everything out. And I discovered cleaning hydrogen, especially when you're talking large amounts, is a lot of work. It's very difficult. And my experience, again, this is just mine, is that it wasn't worth the time that I was putting in to try to maintain that. So I never did those huge beds you see on some of those, you know, you go to some of the, the channels that where they have large hydroponic and aquaponic beds that are flood and drain. I never had anything that large to work with. What is and, hydrogen, by the way? 
So that's the clay pellets I was talking about earlier. That oh, okay, the brand name. Yeah, and I just had a small amount in my trays because, again, I was discovering, I discovered that this just hard to maintain that amount of hydrogen and keep it clean for my fish. So, and even if you don't do it for your fish, it, it just, it gets a sludge on, on at the bottom of it. That was my... You, you found um, you were unable to affordably run hydroponics. You have to do aquaponics to make it work? Yes. Yeah, definitely. The fish water... I that provided the base that I only had to add nutrients once a month, whereas before during the summer, and we're talking four month growing season. So once a month before I was having to add nutrients every week to two weeks, trying to, you know, keep up with the plants as they were growing. And so my hydroponic cost was probably double to triple what it was once I went to aquaponics and started using that as my primary nutrients source for the plants. Well, since you have five acres, how come you haven't done um, a bigger greenhouse or like a an in ground, you know, like a sunken greenhouse to control temperature better? Or yeah, you know, are, you, are you just is it money or are you uh, you don't want to go crazy and make a huge operation? <laughs> well, there's a lot of factors with that. First of all, my uh, now ex um, worked a full time job and he was not interested in gardening. So if you go with a large scale operation. There's more time involved in that to try to recoup your costs. And he didn't want to put a lot of money into something large. And we actually boarded horses on the property. So that brought in more money, a lot less work. And so we were using the land for other things, not just garden. I I had a, an area in, you know, around the house that I could use for gardening. I had like nine garden beds. Well, actually more than that, probably more like oh, wow. 10. And then I had the greenhouse and, and he was like, let's just do this, you know, how to hobby style. So that's really what we did. And it was more, he didn't want to put money out, out to go that large scale to go professional. And again, that would require that being my job versus the other job that I have. <laughs> so, and it was always risky because are we going to be successful at this? If you're going to actually start at that scale, you need to be, the mindset is this is going to be a business. And then we weren't at that place where we wanted to do it at that level. So I'm more like on the hobby side and I'm, I'm more kind of like, I like to do the gardens that anybody can do anywhere. So even though not everybody can have a greenhouse, they can grow things inside their homes. And these lettuce trays are just awesome. They're so simple. Anybody can do that. So are you, are you selling some or all of your products? Is that how you're, you're approaching it? Or is this more for just personal use with friends? You know, you'll eat some, they'll eat some. Yeah, well, I use primarily, I use it personally. I do not do this as a business. I have some friends and I actually been giving away lettuce. You know, it's more like what I do, just it's what I enjoy. But what I, the, the money aspect, the only thing that I am selling is my training course on how to build the systems that I've developed. I've, I have an aeroponics, simple, you know, how to, how to put this in like a five gallon bucket. It's a very simple thing that people can do with products you can get at Walmart and Home Depot and Amazon. And so I show people how to be a little more self-sufficient, make their own gardens. And like I said, you can put it in a closet. This can go anywhere in your home. And um, it can be a, a system that does not require a lot of your time. That's cool. You call it the Darlington method or uh, Christy Ponics or something? Well, if you go yeah, to Green Living Off Grid, you'll see my video courses. So I have everything from you know, how to just grow an organic garden and how to set up a watering system makes it easier so you don't have to spend a lot of time watering. And I did that out there on the on our property. 
And so I, I feature that in one of my video courses. The other one is I have two different hydroponic courses. One's called Simple Hydroponics, and it's how you do the, the lettuce grow trays inside a, a grow shelf unit that you can put in your house. And that's very simple. Um, deep. It's just mostly using crack key method, which does not use aeration. The second one is advanced hydroponics. That's where I actually show you how to create like a, a flood and drain tower to grow your plants in hydrogen, but it's just something small. Again, you could put it in your house or have it on your patio. And then, and it's a little more advanced because it requires pumps and aeration. And so the more like deep water culture requires aeration, I show you how to create your own aeration grid inside of a little five gallon bucket or or a, a tote you can pick up at Walmart. So it's really simple. How, how can you start with a simple system? And, and the idea is again, when you're not using soil, you don't want to deal with the pests that come from soil. That's where this shines, this method shines, because you can have it in your house and you're not going to have gnats flying all over. My, I tried the soil in the house the first year and my, my ex, he was like, all these gnats everywhere. And I'm like, yeah. And I, I, I tried diatomaceous earth. It helped, but it wouldn't take care of everything. And he, he didn't like hmm. it. So we started the hydroponics and he's like, okay, I can live with that. You know, <laughs> this is okay. <laughs> so. That makes sense. Okay. Well, very good, Chrissy. So people can go to your website. So what is it again? Green Living Off Grid? Yep. Greenlivingoffgrid.com. And they can uh, kind of see a view of the different video courses that I have. My uh, fourth level of membership provides air access to everything, including the the green, the house system that I developed, I show you how to do something if you want to do something on a larger scale. But really just you could start small with organic gardening and work your way up and just kind of see what fits your lifestyle. Very cool. Well, Christy, thanks for coming on the podcast and talking about, uh, you know, not just the good parts, but the tough parts for you. I think it's very instructive. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. I really enjoyed the interview. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Remember, before you go, to grab your one penny bag of pine pollen for all the amazing, all natural hormonal support that men and women the world over are raving about. Try it out and see how it works for you. All you have to do is head to geniuspollen.com to grab your bag today. Within days, you may be able to notice greater energy, more focus, added recovery, and more. Again, please visit geniuspollen.com to learn more now. Thank you. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.